Do you love your wife? Yes. Right? Prove it. Like, what's the metric? Give me the number that helps me know, right? Because when you met her, you didn't love her, right? Now you love her, right? Tell me the day the love happened. It's an impossible question, right? But it's not that it doesn't exist. It's that it's much easier to prove over time, right? So all leadership is the same thing. It's about transitions. So if you, were to, if you were to go to the gym, right? It's like exercise, right? If you go to the gym and you work out and you come back and you look in the mirror, you will see nothing. And if you go to the gym the next day and you come back and you look in the mirror, you will see nothing, right? <laughs> so clearly there's no results, can't be measured, it must not be effective. So we quit, right? Or if you fundamentally believe that this is the right course of action and you stick with it, like in a relationship, I bought her flowers and I wished her a happy birthday, and she doesn't love me. Clearly, I'll give up. You know? That's not what happens. If you, if you believe there's something there, you commit yourself to act, an act of service. You commit yourself to the regime, the exercise. You can screw it up. You can eat chocolate cake one day. You can skip a, skip a day or two. You know? You, you, it allows for that. But if you stick with it consistently, I'm not exactly sure what day, but I know you'll start getting into shape. I know it. And the same with the relationship. It's not about the events. It's not about intensity. It's about consistency. Consistency is something that we all have trouble with. Um, but we're back to talk about it. I'm Mark Jones, your host of Key Factors Podcast, sponsored by ReviewMyMortgage.com. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about consistency. We're going to be talking about um, the struggles that you have with consistency and I've brought along a friend that I ran into recently, and in my opinion, everything happens for a reason. Um, and I guess without further ado, let me introduce Mike Anthony Torres. I appreciate it, man. Always good to see you. Always, uh, uh, especially running into you randomly, you know? That's Absolutely. You just never know who you're going to run into, but um, I'm glad to be here, man. I appreciate you inviting me. Absolutely. So Mike Anthony... And I'm going to give him a moment to kind of give you his background, um, but has been an entrepreneur since I've met him. And I've known him since high school, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. A lot of folks out there um, were like, how do you know Mike Anthony? I'm like, dude, we went to high school together. Mm -hmm. And I think what the disconnect is in people not understanding how um, we know each other and all that good stuff. I haven't been in the nightlife in a long time. Yeah, um, We took different paths, but at the same time, I think the path or the way we got there is still the same and it's yeah. consistency. No, it really is. So before we get into that, let's tell the folks who you are, what you're about, where you come from, what, what, what you got going on. Man, it, it starts with uh, being a promoter here in San Antonio. Uh, I don't really, I'm not the big type of person to like titles and everything like that, but I know that, you know, it's part of life, but I always tell people I'm a promoter a marketer, uh, someone that just loves to help out others and pretty much have been able to bring in some really good events uh, throughout the years of my career in promotion, advertising, and marketing, and have uh, built some really great uh, brands. You know, so All Access Promotions Entertainment, 417 Solutions, Late Nights with All Access, and within those uh, entities, we have other stuff that we have that are uh, all together. So it's just been a blessing uh, you see everything come to flourish. 
Absolutely. So recently uh, I was at a karaoke event. My mom, if you guys know, uh, <laughs> she does a ton of karaoke. She's fantastic at it. And if you don't know, now you know. Um, Shout out to Norma. <laughs> but I was there and my dad comes up to me and says, hey, Mike Anthony is is up there and he's the one that's running this thing. And I went, no freaking way. And I'm looking around, there's tons of people and, and the jams are going and there he is up on the mic uh, doing what he does. Yeah. And I got a moment to talk to you for a moment, uh, for a minute. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, what, what, what's going on? What you got going on? And one of your messages really quickly was consistency. That's kind of how I got here. And I turned around and said, me too. And everything timing is, like I said, intended uh, for you to figure out, but it happens intentionally, in my opinion. Yes, it does. And that being the case, at that point in time, I was getting ready to relaunch this podcast. Yes. Congratulations again. Thank you. And, and, and at that time, I was having struggles with redoing it because it does take away time from what I actually do to make money. Mm -hmm. A lot of folks, matter of fact, I was playing cards last night and my podcast popped up. And they were like, hey, that's you. And I was like, yeah, that's me. He said, so how much do you make from that? Nothing. Matter of fact, yeah. I spend money to do this. Yeah. Um, but it is my goal to give back as much as I can to the folks around me and hopefully nationally. And this episode isn't about real estate. It's, it's more so entrepreneurial and trades and practices that can be used in order to get to where you want to go. And obviously, that, that's your goals, right? Uh, yeah. Um, so your story is one that, in my opinion, needs to be shared. You've got your podcast that you've got going on, mm -hmm. and I actually recently had an opportunity to be a guest on another podcast, so mm -hmm. it's, it's weird being the host in a different position. It is. So you get to be the guest this time. I know, right? Because you know? you, you, like, when you're a host, you take lead. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and this time, you got to like follow the lead. Absolutely. And, but you know, it, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing for everyone that's trying it out and doing the podcast. And one of the things that you just said right now is not doing it for the money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Eventually you would love to have, you know, some income coming into the podcast, but I have a live podcast that we do every Monday night called late nights with all access for over three years and consistently yeah. every single Monday night. And that involves a bringing special guests and whatnot. And granted we did try to do the whole sponsors and we did, have a good uh, feedback on it and sponsorships. But for me, it was more about building the brand and building the audience mm -hmm. before actually charging something for people to actually advertise. That makes on, sense. On their build the value mm -hmm. first. Build the value because mm -hmm. these podcasts are really, really uh, key factors for people to that are on the go. Yeah. You know, and, and all of us, uh, even you guys, we're all always all on the go and everyone uses the word busy nowadays. Right. And, and I call it prioritize. Yes, yeah. it really is. It, it's a priority of what you have on your agenda or, or what you want to focus on. But when you're on the go so much and you have a podcast to where you can actually listen to or play and go, that's a beautiful thing because now you're able to listen to what you want to and be educated on certain areas. And with the late nights with all access, you know, the idea was to be the first uh, live talk show and not pre-recorded, but live talk show and showcase something for San Antonio for the nightlife. Because as you mentioned, I, I did take a path into the night industry as a promoter. Yeah. And it's been a blessing because now I'm able to bring in local celebrities, bring in 
uh, top DJs, uh, club owners, bar owners, restaurant owners, uh, really good influencers here in the local community of San Antonio and kind of showcase their stories in a way and take myself away from the element and say, hey, you know what, let's go ahead and try to bring in together the, the community. Right. So now you're on the hot seat. Yeah. And it, it I, a blessing. Want, I, I like want, it. I want to know your journey and you can sum it up, but from yes. start to finish. I mean, we graduated high school. Yes. From that point, I went off to college, came back quickly and then started working. Yeah. Um, did a little bit of club promoting and things like that with John <laughs> Bale back in the day for some free drinks yeah. and whatnot. My boy John Bell, yeah. shout out to him, love and, him. And he he was actually on our first our first season. He was on yes, there, and it was that. a great episode. So, tell us how did that begin, and where is it taking you today? You know, in high school, I threw a couple of house parties that were really well known, uh, that were big, and I realized that I loved the the uh, energy and, and and how people were having fun and, and whatnot. Now, I didn't know that I could actually do that for a living. I didn't grow up with business owners or entrepreneurs. I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was. I don't even know if that was a thing right. back in the day. But I knew that I was very stubborn at a young age. I thought I knew life at 17, so I left the house. And when I left the house, our rule was, if you leave, once you leave, you're gone, you're gone. You can't come Same back. here, yeah. So I made a decision to leave at 17, which was stupid. Anyone that is 17... Thinking about, you know, life, you really don't know life. Listen <laughs> right. to your mom, listen to your dad, listen to your parents. I, you prom- I promise you, you'll have a better life journey on that. Uh, listen to rules, man. Um, but I left at 17, stubborn, and I, I fell into, you know, going to different jobs, selling Kirby's vacuum cleaner to throwing the newspaper to working at Dollar Tree to flipping burgers at Chigi Jane's. I just had a variety of work that I just constantly did. But in that time frame from 17 to 28, I believe, I got in trouble with the law several times. Okay. Making careless mistakes, making poor decisions to where it led to me to have eight arrests, two felonies, and that changed my life. My first felony was in my early 20s, and I didn't even, I've never had a speeding ticket, never been in trouble with the law before, and that was a eye-opener because that changed my whole entire life from trying to apply at a regular job and couldn't get hired, trying to get an apartment, couldn't get it because of your background. So that mentally uh, messed with me and discouraged me so much. But I did go to college uh, for one semester or a couple semesters and took a criminal justice class and wanted to learn about my felony. Sure. Wanted to learn like, okay, what were my options after that? Uh, The professor that was a former judge actually told me, he said, son, you getting a degree and all that won't even help you. You might as well go continue to do your hustle or do the other hustle. And it was just like, okay, I got what you mean. Wow. That's funny that you say that. And I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm going to interject with real life. I too, I went to school, played Mm -hmm. college ball, came back, went to the community college and then went to UTSA and my career my stint at utsa ended with an argument with a professor that was the opposite of what that professor just gave to you which was a a golden nugget of real life expectations Mm -hmm. having earned this degree Mm -hmm. my professor on the other hand was one that said you're going to make more money if you have this piece of paper Mm -hmm. and he's teaching a business class and i'm going 
I'm in business already. At that time, I was working at the bank. I was doing credit repair. I was running poker games. I was doing all kinds of stuff, right? And that was kind of the end for me. I'm going, you're literally lying to these people to their Mm -hmm. face. Uh, The piece of paper doesn't do anything. It's what you gain, who you meet, uh, relationships that you build, things of that nature. So at that point, I was done. I mean, I was paying for school on my own, um, and I did not see the upside to continuing down this path. Mind you, college isn't for everybody, but some it is, and I'm not knocking it. It just wasn't for me, and I think you kind of came to that conclusion as well. Yeah, I did. You know, it was really good that the judge told me, uh, uh, the professor, he had, you know, really openly just was bold and just told me like, hey, you know, you can continue to college, but it's not going to do you, do you any good because you already have a felony charge. Yeah. And regardless if it was a deferred adjudication, whatever it was, like you still have it on your record. Right. So you're going to get declined and rejected all the time. Wow. He said, might as well just cut this and just really pursue what you really want to do. You know, and I was uh, very fortunate to where I met uh, John Vell at yeah. a young age and in different paths because I wasn't going to college and most people that meet people, especially when you're in your early 20s, you oh, go yeah. to college and fraternities and stuff like that. I didn't uh, do that. I was just, you know, I had a cousin that actually said, hey, let's go to a club, uh, Joe's Volcano, the heart of the ghetto. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 20 years plus, and then they shut down, right? But anyways, that- uh, I want to say wait, it so bad. I know, right? Take me to the, the volcano! volcano! Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we were waiting in line, and I remember just seeing people just walking in and out, and I was like, what do they do? And he was like, that's a promoter. I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, so- you know, that was kind of the glimpse. And I went to all the clubs back in the day and realized that I was seeing a lot of these so-called promoters. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I met John and, and basically he was just like, hey, let me show you the ropes of, of what a promoter does. And basically him and Nick Monroe. Right. Uh, Paper uh, napkin sh- production, sh- yes, baby. They, they, they basically, they basically, you know, gave me the uh, kind of blueprint, but, you know, they were exiting out of the door. So John was already wanting to get out of the club business. Uh, Nick was actually uh, done with promotions and with restaurants. So those two guys, I take, uh, I always give them shout outs because if it wasn't those two guys, I, I wouldn't be where I am today. That's and awesome. John, uh, being such a very humble, one of the most humblest uh, people that I've ever met, uh, guy's a successful entrepreneur, and you would never even know know it based on the way he dressed. 100% you know, agree. Uh, Chucks, jeans, polo shirts, and a ball cap, and the guy... Probably has more money than a lot of people. Oh, he he switched from Lacoste to Polo? I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, yes, no, but like, you know, just what I mean, just based on his presence. Absolutely, yeah. And I kind of like just started to learn uh, who the guys were to look uh, look up to compared to the guys that were flashy in the club Mm -hmm. and and just, you know, your weekend ballers. Sure, sure. And I I just remember learning about the game of the promotions and meeting people and networking and building relationships and really hustling and making a name and just, you know, having good intentions, mm-hmm. you know, really having good intentions and, 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 and not overselling anything and just being really transparent with people. Yeah. And, and that's and, tough in an industry like that. No, it is. I mean, you get, you get, you know, there's alcohol involved, uh, drugs, sex, you know, a little bit of ego, yeah, ego, mm-hmm. everything. And, and I think that, that we all, when you're around that and you get that, you know, five seconds of kind of like local fame in a way and people know who you are, it can get to your head real mm-hmm. quick, you know, because now you're the 
the it guy. Yeah. Oh, hey, let me reach out to him. He, he's going to get me. And let me reach out. And then, you know, but when you have someone like John to humble you down. Yeah. I'll give you a story real quick Please. about John. Uh, we were at a club and we were waiting in line. And I told John, I said, hey, why don't we just tell the guys who you are, that you own the view or you own this. Like, and just get the line. He said, no, nah, it's okay. So whatever. So we go in the club. We wait in line. We go in the club. And... I'm introducing people to, to John that he didn't know, which John's well known. Sure. And so some of the people that didn't know him, I was like, hey, this is John. He owns The View. Hey, this is John. He owns The View. Hey, this is John. He owns The View. And then when we go get a drink at the bar, he's like, hey. He goes, if they don't know that I do not own The View, please do not tell them. And that was just like, aha moment. Now, did he ever tell you the reason behind that? Because I can imagine he, the reason behind it. He, he just didn't want people to overwhelm him and and because some people have bad intentions when they start right. seeing the title yeah. like oh you own this you own this then you know people want to get to know you a little bit more and they have sometimes some people have a hidden agenda oh absolutely so it, it was just one of those things but i really appreciate him humble humbling me down at that moment because it made me realize that you don't have to say what you own right you know you could just use titles as like for me, a marketing director, a promoter, and stuff like that. Right. And I've learned that within the years, it has helped me. Now, when people know that I own a promotional company, own a small marketing agency mm -hmm. company, then like, hey, yeah, yeah. But you know, at right off the back, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, I own this. You know, right. I just want them to know who I am first. And it's they... more of an action speaking louder than mm -hmm. the words do. It really is. Yeah. 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 Uh, especially someone like we were talking about, John. He's Similar to me in the sense that everybody believes that we're extroverts, but we're really not. We'd <laughs> rather be behind closed yeah. doors doing what we do mad scientist-wise, taking care of our people, doing what we do. Um, I always describe my life uh, to people. I have a boring, entertaining lifestyle. And people are <laughs> like, what do you mean boring, entertaining? It's boring because it's so structured and consistency is the key. Yeah. And I know what I do every hour of the hour. And that's boring to some people right but it's entertaining because i love what i do sure. i get to talk to you right now i get to talk to people you know i get to go make my own schedule and do this and that and that's the beauty of the entertainment part mm -hmm. so and then of course it's a lifestyle you know so absolutely it's a boring entertaining lifestyle so let me ask you that leads to a question how difficult or and how is it to be able to separate the two if you're so engulfed into that world, if that makes sense. Because I do know, and I don't know if you're okay with me saying this, I can edit it out later, but <laughs> uh, you've been sober now for quite some time. Yeah, everything's uh, on the table for me. Like I, I, I don't filter anything. I love it. Same here. And bold, so you, we could talk about everything, but the sobriety really helped, and, yeah. and I needed the sobriety, you know? So being in that so, world, yeah. having made that decision mm -hmm. to not consume, how difficult is that? It wasn't difficult. It had no choice. Okay. So it was just like, like I was saying prior, you know, you, I had eight arrests, two felonies. It, it was, my mom passed away in 2015. So uh, God bless her soul. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot from my mother. She was a smart woman. And when I lost her in 2015, I, that was my rock bottom year. I got you. And everything that could go wrong from getting out of a toxic relationships, going in and out of jail, financially being broke, uh, mentally depressed, you know, suicidal thoughts, like your mental health is key to y'all first and foremost. Like that is the most important thing. And one of the best advice my mom gave me at a young age was 
He said, mijo, no matter what you do in life, when it comes to business or personal, never lose your happy. So mm. you just never lose your happy. And I, that stuck to me a lot. So when I had my last arrest in 2016, I, mind you guys, I had two, DW, two DWIs that were pending. I had a, an assault case pending, and I had a drug possession pending. So I have four different cases pending within two years. I go to court, and again, I'm broke. So I have a uh, court-appointed attorney at that moment, and the judge was like, why shouldn't I send you to prison right now? Right. You know, you had a pending DWI years ago that you haven't even, you know, been sentenced for, and now you got your second one. Right. And now you got a drug possession. Now you got an assault case. He's like, why should you not be in prison? And it's like he's looking at consistency from mm-hmm. a different aspect. Oh, yeah. Like, you're pretty consistent, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are consistent in everything you do. Yeah. And I, I was very blessed uh, to uh, uh, get invited to a Bible study. And that was uh, led by our former district attorney, Nicola Hood. So, and, and him and I just clicked. And I actually knew him prior uh, when he used to own bars here in town. Okay. So him and I had already a good establishment of who we were, but I started to go to his Bible studies and then I just, you know, kind of broke it down to him and said, hey, this is where I'm at in my life and this is where I want to be. And so he introduced me to his former business partner, Andrew. Andrew then took all my cases. I told Andrew like, hey, I got nothing for you, man. Right. I got no money. I, I mean, I could try to scrape things. I mean, I... I was at I was a broker uh, 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 for a limousine company at that moment, mm-hmm. so I was booking uh, limos and party buses before I owned them. I told him like, "Man, I'll do something. Just get me out of this." I need He's some like, help. Yeah, he said, "Go get a hair follicle. Go put yourself in an outpatient program. Uh, go get your volunteer yourself for for a breathalyzer. Uh, go do all this stuff. He's like, you go do it first." And so I did everything he told me to do. Presented. At the judge, the judge was like, wow, you actually took initiative to fix yourself. Right. So we'll give you a work release program. And for those that don't know anything about work release program, that is basically you're going in and out of jail every single day, which can still mentally. Oh, miss yeah, you up. I'm sure. So you're in a work release program for six months to where you're free for eight hours in the real world. And in the rest of the hours, you're back in jail. And it's not like you get a bed or anything like that. You're in jail with the real criminals, jail. Yes. You know, and you got to get, you know, butt naked. You got to, you know, do everything. It's just scared a, straight. It is. Yeah. Because you're next to, you know, real criminals like like rapists, uh, uh, thugs, like like you're in there. And, and and all the while you thought you were. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You think you're your you're hot shot and you're big stuff. But like when you go into that element, you know, you got to. Uh, you got to really like for me, I feel like because I grew up in different areas in San Antonio, uh, I still have that mentality of, of understanding how to adapt to any situation. Absolutely, and yeah. I can talk with every single person in different dem- demographic and I relate to them because of the variety of, of being able to grow up in different areas in San mm-hmm. Antonio. But in that element, you know, I, I, I understood one, the justice system is, messed up completely because a lot of these guys that were in there didn't get second chances. So they would be in the work release program and then never come back Mm -hmm. because they knew that if they went upstairs, which is the actual jail, 
then they would just do two to three months in time and then they'll get released and then they'll go right back into that cycle. Correct. So no one's educated really when it comes to the criminal justice system. And it, there, and we could talk about that in another time. But for me, that was a key point, And I actually appreciated the work release program because it allowed me to understand how to crunch, uh, how to crunch uh, 24 hours within eight hours of time of being free. Wow. So when I went back to uh, jail every day, I would write, and I'm a writer. I write okay. at least one hour out of my day every single day. And, and I very, and, and again, consistency. Yeah. I believe that everybody should spend one hour of the day writing. You got to just write. And, and, and so for me, I was writing every single day. And um, I realized how to crunch 24 hours within eight hours being free. And this time, again, y'all, I was financially broke. I was negative $524.18 in one of my accounts. I was completely broke. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I got to do something that I'm good at, you know, promoting advertising, marketing. And I basically, within those six months, generated over six figures and understood how to utilize my time. So in reality, that six months of work release program really focused me into time management. Sure. And so when I was released, I was like, it's game over. Like once I'm getting 24 that. hours, I'm taking advantage of it. And now I average, you know, three to five hours of sleep, uh, sometimes none. You and me both, but yeah. But it right. is just, it, it, and the thing is, and I want people to understand, you have to do what works for you. Like don't, yes, we hear wake up 4 a.m., 5 a.m., but if your schedule is waking up at 9 a.m. and you can knock out everything like of someone that does that at 4 a.m., by all means, that's sure. good for you. And, and, and I think that's what people kind of look at. They look at others and say, well, this person's waking up at 4 a.m. I got to wake up at 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. No, you just got to focus on your time management and focus on where you're at every hour of the hour and really go through it. That's why I say it's a boring, entertaining lifestyle because right. boring is consistency. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and a couple of things that you mentioned there, which... I think it is a bigger message for those that are listening, that have fallen on tough times, that have been in some difficult situations, faced a little adversity, mm -hmm. um, which is the choice is always yours. Yes. Meaning you decided to take the attorney's advice mm -hmm. when somebody didn't have to. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody's forcing you to do that, mm -hmm. but you had an end goal that you didn't know how to get to. You sought advice from a mentor, from somebody that you either trusted or trusted the person that was giving you that re reference. And then moving forward, you didn't just go through the motions of that. You actually took what was, let's call them parameters that you had to live within. And that became your new structure that then showed you, okay, once I get out of here, now imagine what I can do with my time mm -hmm. having grabbed hold of my time and actually put it into a calendar, making sure that uh, checks and balances have to be there because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I've made my commitment to this and I've got to be here at this time. And from that time moving forward, I ain't got no cell phone, I ain't got no this, none of, none of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'll relate it to the military. Military treats those folks as if everything is structured. They mm -hmm. get out of there and they're still folding their underwear type situation. And there's a lot of people out there that are going through tough times that believe it's the end. Mm 
It's there. There's no turning back. There's no coming back from something like this. Um, and that's a, I think, a huge message to people, letting them know that there's always time until there's not, mm-hmm. and the choice is always yours. Yeah, it is. Time is the best gift you could give someone, and time is the best investment you mm-hmm. can make. A lot of people are like, "What's your investment?" And I'm just like, "Time." Yeah, time is always the best investment. You just got to pick what you want to do. Yeah. But, you know, through that journey of learning time management and focusing on what was a a priority, I I realized that my sobriety actually helped a lot too, because once I hit a rock bottom and my last time in jail, I made a phone call to an ex-girlfriend of mine and she answered the phone and she knew it was already me. She's like, how did I know it was going to be you? And there was a pause. And she says, the next thing she says was, your mom would not be proud of you. And again, there's another aha moment in my life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Your mom would not be proud of you because my mom already had died, y'all. Right. And so to me, I was just like, damn, like I need to really change. So when I got out of jail that day and released, uh, before getting you know the, the work release program and all that, I went straight back to the bar because I'm in that industry. Right? Sure, sure. Went straight to the bar. And before, nobody really knew besides my close friends, family, and every like just close friends and family that, that knew that I was actually in jail. So when I went back to the bar that next night, I when I get there, I I parked and asked God. I said, God, um, can you please just help me man up? Can you please get me the the courage to not order a drink, not to buy anyone a drink, just be there in the environment and just not do anything with alcohol. Yeah. Because this is my lifestyle. Absolutely. This is what I know. You're in the thick of things. Yes. So mm-hmm. can you please just let me do that? And back then I used to have a nickname called Hollywood because I was a guy that would buy everyone shots and stuff like that, which I still do. Cause even though I'm sober, I don't take away from people drinking. Like I had no choice and I right. want people to know that. Like I had no choice. So when I went to the, the bar, and that was like probably the longest night in my entire life. <laughs> it's just slow you know, motion, slow everything. Motion. Yeah. So like, you know, one o'clock comes around, people, you know, getting told like, hey, you know, last call's about to come, 1.30, 1.45, 2 a.m., everyone's out the door, 2.30, I leave, get home, say one more prayer, woke up, and never, ever had a desire to drink, do drugs, or anything like that again. That's awesome. So the sobriety was just there. Yeah. So it, it and 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 at first I didn't really share it with anyone until I started helping close friends of mine become sober. Mm-hmm. So uh, shout out to my boy Chris Motts. Uh, shout out to my boy Desmond. So Desmond and I uh, kind of met through Chris, and Desmond was like, "You should encourage people to speak about your." your uh sobriety because mm-hmm. i know you don't want to he's like but you should really speak about it because you are in this industry and people kind of look up they to look you up in a to way. It, yeah and i was just like i don't know we had a brunch after uh we went to cbc and that's our, our church that we love so shout out to pastor ed newton too as well because he actually did a segment with all three of us about sobriety very cool and so i decided to share it and then just kind of uh, put it out there and i've been sharing it now i always tell people at this moment and the reason why I say at this moment, because I don't know if I'm going to be sober for the rest of my life. Sure. After my time in, in jail and, and the work release program, I challenged myself uh, 
five years. And it was crazy because I was listening to the radio, which I don't often listen to the radio, but the radio came on and I heard a big fan, fan of Eminem, but not a Stan fan, but just, <laughs> just and a we're fan. sorry, okay. mama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a fan of Eminem, but, uh, the radio played and they said something about him hitting 10 years of sobriety. And so for me, I was, I talked to my mom all the time, even though she's not here with us. Sure. But I always talk to her, right? And I always get signs from her all the mm-hmm. time. And I was telling my mom, I was like, man, I, I really want to, uh, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do after my probation. Should I just continue this uh, sobriety? Should I not? Give me a sign. Turn on the radio. All I hear is Eminem 10 years. And I was like, okay, that's, that's the goal. Let's, let's, let's do uh, 10 years uh, total for the sobriety. And I remember talking to Chris and other friends of mine. I would always say, I'll have my drink tomorrow. So it was just kind of... It's like uh, Joe's Crab Shack. You know, yes. Free crabs tomorrow. Yes. They're always tomorrow. Yeah. So <laughs> for me, it helped because everyone would ask me, they're like, hey, did you have that drink today? I'm like, no, I was so busy. I was doing this, you know, this, this, this. I'll do it I do it tomorrow, and it just came. It became a, a thing That's for cool. me that I just kept on saying, oh, "I'll have my drink tomorrow," which I still tell y'all, "I'll have my drink tomorrow." And you know what, guys? That is a definition of cool, right there, in my opinion. Um, now, I want to ask you something before we get deeper, or before we go into the consistency side of it. Yeah, of course. The ex girlfriend that called you that day, or that you called. Yeah. What would life be like? Without her, in my opinion, being a true friend, a true, uh, uh, somebody that actually cared about you and the way that she went about it. Because I can tell you that most friends out there aren't willing to tell their real friends the Mm -hmm. truth. No, that's true. And raw truth, Mm -hmm. you know, that what she told you could have essentially gone a different way. You could have taken that the wrong way from her, but... I don't know if she knew it in the way that she could have presented it to you. I don't know mm-hmm. if she knew that you you would tolerate it this way or digest it this way, but she did. And it was very direct and it was straight to the heart. No, it was. I, I you know, when I share the story, I always include her because of the fact that it was a, a big aha moment. Mm-hmm. It was a big eye opener because it's like, what would your mom say if you were going through this stuff? Like, what would she say? And she would not be proud. I mean, right. to be straightforward, she would not be proud. She and my mom was very bold and transparent. She 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 would like she's the mom that tells you if you suck at something. She's <laughs> not the mom that tells you go sing in front of Simon Cow and make yourself look like a fool. Yep. She'll tell you like, Mijo, you suck at singing, sit your ass down. Yeah. You know, no, like, and that's that's like, very straightforward. Like <laughs> And I think we relate on that aspect and you realize that pretty quickly. My mom is very similar to what yes. you described. Mm-hmm. Um and that has a lot to do with who we are today. Y'all don't know, but I did not know that Mark's parents were at the karaoke contest. So just real quick, let me share this. They are so cool. His parents, his mom and dad, his dad got swag. They were singing Ja Rule and Ashanti. And I host this uh, karaoke contest at the Roundup Music Venue, Shameless Plug, in Bernie. And it was just amazing to see all the talented karaoke singers come out. We were doing a competition. And without knowing that these are his parents, I just 
loved him to death. He's and over here hanging out with my parents. Yes, so, I know. So, so mom, dad, <laughs> finally, you get your shot out. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> hey, I'll do it. Uh, and the thing is, is that uh, Facebook, I posted something and then someone tagged Norma. Yeah. And it was one of our high school friends. I was like, why would this person tag your mom, not knowing I was a mom, yeah. Norma. I was like, what was the relationship? So, of course, you click, click. Rabbit click. hole. Yep. And then I see Mark with her. I was like, wait, wait, no way. <laughs> I was like, Damn. Explains a lot now, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I see where Mark gets his coolness from, you know? Cool and crazy. That's <laughs> awesome. So, it, it, it was just great to know that, you know? It, it, again, San Antonio is a big, small city. So It really in, is. In my eyes, it really is. And growing. And growing. Really growing um, yeah, no, we've had plenty of episodes talking about its growth and what's happening with the market and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why I think throughout the, the podcast episodes that I have and the messages that I'm trying to provide, I want to make sure to give folks something different every once in a while. And this is the different. Um, to give them a real story of someone that created success for themselves and had clear adversity had to overcome clear obstacles um, when it wasn't very easy at all. And it's still not easy, y'all. A lot of people say like, oh man, this easy, you're you're, you're this and that. But I know, like it's a grind every day. Mm -hmm. You know, where's that saying? Like rent's due every day or something like that? Rent is due every day, that's right. It's very true because- Wake up uh, like the rent's due every day. Like I don't have a guaranteed check. And this is what I tell people. When you work and you have a career and you have eight to five, no matter what, you have a guaranteed check. And then that's what a lot of people like is security. Mm-hmm. For me, I have no security. So if I do not bust my ass every single day and make connections and relationships and have good intentions, then nothing comes through. You know, I've been blessed and with and fortunate with the relationships that I have built and the opportunities that have come forth to me to where I've been able to accomplish a lot of these things. And But I never take it for granted because it took I always tell people I'm a 13 plus year work in progress, which is true. I'm, I'm still a work in progress. I'm a student in life. I love learning and I don't think I know it all, you know, and, and I'm that person that will ask questions if I don't know something or I'm not that person to tell you like, hey, I don't have the answer, but let me find it for you. You know, that's and, and I, I mean, find solutions. So couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. And I mean, as a mentor to the other loan officers, that's something that comes up daily is. Yeah. You don't know the answer. Do not lie. Mm-hmm. You tell them you don't know, but you are the person with the resources mm-hmm. and then go get them the answer and yeah. give them the right expectation of when you're going to get back to them. If it's going to take you 24 hours, tell them 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Don't tell them I'll call you right back. if It's going to be 24 hours um, because they are dependent on you as the expert. And uh, I mean, that that uh, that is a testament to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Now let's get into consistency. So consistency is something that I don't believe people put enough value in or don't see its power because they don't get to do it. Meaning once you set out to do something, you end up being derailed by uh, the next shiny object, adversity, friends, distractions, family, distractions. I mean, overall they're distractions from the mm-hmm. goal itself. Yeah. Um, and the, the, analogy I love to use, which is, it's a powerful analogy because people don't really put this in perspective until they hear it again, which is rivers cut through rock and form bigger rivers 
because of consistency, mm-hmm. not the power in which they come down that mountain. It's time and mm-hmm. doing the same thing over and over and over. And I believe that our generation has this instant gratification. Yeah. Instagram, Insta this, Insta that. And this trait will withstand the testament of time because if you do something for enough time, you will be successful. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is consistency consists of failing forward. And mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of people what, what they shine, uh, try to avoid is failing. Yeah. You're going to fail forward. Anybody you, you interview, anybody that you know, they all have failed. Yeah. But they just keep on moving forward. So consistency is, is taking those steps and understanding that you're not going to know it all and understanding that, that you're going to have to adjust in certain situations and understanding that, that you're going to fail and be okay with it. Be okay with people not agreeing with your vision. Right. You know, when I started saying, Hey, I'm going to have a promotional company and people laughed at me. They're like, you're going to make a career out of promotions. Like really VIP services, party buses, and the most events. And like, I started putting everything into perspective and it, it grew. Did it happen overnight? No. Did, and that's what a lot of people need to understand. Like, if you have a talent, which I believe everyone has a talent, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of how to use your talent and how to um, manage your time wisely and understand the value of your talent to where you can create an income. Right. You will Monetize able, it. Yeah, you, yep. you will be able to. So for me, the consistency was, okay, no college degree, no rich parents, no investors, no nothing. What do you do? You go out and thankfully we have this thing called social media. And that was a really big factor to me because I started using social media as a business platform before it came popular. Mm -hmm. And I understood the trend of it. You know, granted, it took me a while to understand Facebook and and Instagram, but I went forward with it knowing it. Now, the one thing I will say, I never faked it till I made it because I just not that type of person. Mm -hmm. And to me, I know there's a lot of people say fake it till you make it, but I don't believe in that. I'm against that. I believe in, you know, you 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 got to be bold to let people know where you're at in life. Mm-hmm. I had another guy that that wanted to interview me, right? And I would love to say his name, but I kind of don't want to. But it was so crazy because he kept on asking me, hey, I want to interview. I want to interview. I want to interview. And I was like, okay, meet with me. Tell me about this uh, interview that you want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to put you in a Lamborghini. I want to put you in front of a mansion. I want to do this. I want to do this. I was like, bro, I don't own a Lamborghini. I don't live in a mansion. Like, why would you want me to do right, an interview? Right. That way? Because it's your goals and your dreams and you want people to know that success is right there. I was like, but that's not me. Nor is like, that my definition of success. Yes. And that's a great thing because every definition of success is different mm-hmm. from everyone. Me just being true happy. Yeah. And 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 not chasing money for I learned at a young age too, not to chase money, never chase money. But it was crazy because I told him that if I did do this interview like that. So you know how many people would make fun of me? Mm. All that because they'd be like, Mike Anthony, where's your Ferrari? Yeah. Like, where's your mansion? Like, my close friends know I don't own Right, that. right. I'm like, dude, I was like, no. So I don't believe in faking it until you make it. I believe, like, be real who, who you are, where you're at in life, and let people know the progress of what you're doing so that you can go ahead and do it. And so with social media, with the consistency was actually when Facebook decided to go live, uh, I think it was in like 2014 or 15. I think so, yeah. Uh, I went live everywhere. I went live 
everywhere, people. And the thing with me is that I had speech problems at a young uh, age. I was in special classes uh, at, in a special uh, in in school, meaning like there was a program called CMC. So they would take me out of the classroom, put me into this other one-on-one with teachers, and they would teach me the lessons because I, I had a learning disability. Well, it's so a good thing you I, had good I, looks. And I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and so I had a learning disability to where they would teach me, and then I had to learn like that. So when I realized uh, with the Facebook stuff is that I had to to really focus on how do I speak because of the learning disability that I had. So I started getting my phone out and the camera setting and I would put the camera on and I would start speaking to myself. Mm-hmm. And whoever I was dating at that moment, they were like, why are you talking to yourself? I said, because I have to study myself. I have to see if I'm saying like or uh. I have to see if I'm blinking too much. I have to see this and that. And I would really focus on the way I was speaking. So then when I would go live, I didn't make those mistakes. Yeah, you articulated yes. properly and because would, you were now polished, not mm-hmm. because of giving all of these presentations and whatnot, because mm-hmm. you took the time behind closed doors mm-hmm. and said, I've got a goal. I know what I need to do intentionally. Mm-hmm. Now let me do that. And I don't mm-hmm. care who is going to judge me mm-hmm. because this is what it takes for me to be polished, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. Um, there's two things that uh, you mentioned that I want to kind of spotlight. The Facebook thing. There, in my opinion, are two types of consumers of social media. There are the actual consumers of it, Mm -hmm. and then there are the content creators, the providers, the Mm -hmm. folks that understand what it is and don't get sucked into the world of it, but yet use it as a leverage tool, a 100%. And I did the same thing back in 2012, and everybody's like, why are you on Facebook so much? They didn't see the amount of uh, borrowers that I was helped after after the factor behind the scenes Mm -hmm. but it continued to work so i would just tell those people it's not for you (laughs) yeah keep moving Mm -hmm. the second thing and i and you obviously did a great job of that not only understanding that this is what it is but also taking a um tactic approach specialized and then incorporating it and practicing it and then going okay now I need to tweak this, tweak that so that I can increase my viewership and increase my spider web, like I call it. Um, the other thing is about the fake it till you make it. And I think that it gets a bad rap because fake it till you make it does sound like you are being fake. But I think the intention behind fake it till you make it is similar to you recording yourself, talking to yourself, making sure that you sound proper, making yeah. sure that you articulate the right way. That, in essence, now you're in front of the camera and you're doing it right. But before that, you did have to fake it to, in order to get there. Similar, I compare to um, dressing the part. Yeah. Studying your uh, customer before you actually meet with the customer. That is a small example of faking it till you make it versus truly just faking it. Yeah. I think you go into it with the right intentions. So therefore, are you faking it? Yeah, because you haven't made it yet and nor have you done this before. As long as you're 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 being transparent about your where you're at. Yeah, you know? agree. But not when I say fake it and make it, I mean like when people are telling people that they've already accomplished things that yes. they haven't accomplished. Yes. That's what I mean by faking it. And that I think is lying. Yeah. That's just lying. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like straight line. Yeah, you're just a liar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's that's I don't think that those folks make it to where we're at. 
because their lies get caught like no. this. People aren't stupid, you know? So so in in that, you know, fake it till you make it mm-hmm. thing, the reason why, I, I, again, I, and I'll repeat myself, is that I just don't like people thinking that you're somewhere where you're not. Right. But no matter what, however you take that uh, saying, you know, as long as you're just being real, that's really what the most Genuine important thing. And, and just not lying. Yep. So for me, going to studying myself and doing the live uh, live feeds on Facebook, one of my friends that I had met years ago that was a videographer at the clubs was getting into doing real productions, but he was an introvert. So mm-hmm. he reached out to me on Facebook and said, hey, would you like some real production? I said, I would, but I can't afford you because I have nothing. Right. So he's like, look, I'm an introvert. I really can't. I don't know how to talk to people in right. a way to get them to buy my services. So why not we just partner up and then you do your thing, but real production. And then we'll see what happens. I said, okay, we're going to do this. I said, we're going to go knock on every single door that I know mm-hmm. with all the relationships that I have. And we're going to just do a bunch of live interviews. We're going to do a bunch of, you know, this and that just promo videos. We're going to just go out there and do it. And that's what we did. We started going to each buddy that I knew and helping them and doing interviews and whatnot. And it was crazy because then people started reaching out. Hey, how much do you charge for this? How much do you charge for this? And then we were charging anywhere between 250 to 500 to made me think like, okay, now I have people really companies. Like I had a roofing company uh, wanting to uh, have marketing done, had a hospital wanting marketing done. And it was just an eye opener because we were building something and in, in, in hindsight, no one knew that we weren't charging anything. We were doing everything for free. And that, I will say, listeners, is my example of faking it till you make it. No, because yes, at yes, the end of the day, right there. you gave the impression intentionally that yes. your company knows what the hell they're doing and mm-hmm. we're good at it. Yeah. And therefore caught the attention of other people going, mm-hmm. holy cow, he knows what he's doing. That yep. one looked great. I want that for my company. Yep. And, and and that works. No, and, and that in that right there. That's yes. great, man. So we were, and this is the thing is that I tell a lot of people like if you have a talent, going back based on your talent, like utilize your talent and see what you can do because most people are trying to get that quick results. You know. Yeah. So if if you are in the field of marketing and and I only could speak based on experience, and you're a graphic designer, a web developer, a videographer, a video editor. Uh, anything in the marketing industry and most people like graphic designers, freelancers, they charge anywhere between 35 to $60 per flyer. Right. But if you focused on that one flyer and you went to reach out to business owners, first thing you have to understand, most business owners here do not have a marketing budget because they're owner operators. Correct. So they will do everything on their own. Mm-hmm. They don't put a marketing budget because they are owner operators. So that's the most important thing that people need to understand. So if you're a graphic designer and you charge, just say an average of $50 per flyer and you're offering 10 flyers for a small business, that's a lot of money for a small business owner. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to realize what's your time, what's your talent and how can you utilize that? So I always try to tell my team like, Hey, if I gave you all the content, how long would it really take you to make this work? And, yeah. and, and they would tell me, they're like, well, if you give me all the content, I could do this fire within like 20 minutes. For real. All right, cool. So then you're not going to charge $50 for 
we're going to go ahead and go buy packages. Or let's give it away for free so that we can and, sell them on the video content. Yes, and, and there's first things that sure. you can do. But once they started realizing that I put it, you know, the marketing packages together, and, and granted, you guys, I had to consistently play with the numbers of to course. make sense because, again, small business owners do not budget for this. But the magic number for small business number, uh, uh, the smat, the uh, budget for most small business owners is a, is around two thousand dollars. So we have a marketing package that starts at seventeen fifty per month, and it gives you X amount of uh, services based on social media content, videos, graphic designs, posting, and all that, right? And within that package, you got to look at it. If we have ten clients paying seventeen fifty, that's seventeen thousand dollars a month. You do the mm-hmm. math. So then now you look at all the graphic designers, web developers, and all that. They're going based on per project. Right. They're getting consistent work done. We're getting consistent work done to where people are doing it. Now, we will still help people out and do free videos, free this and that, right. because we want consistency always to flow. People start thinking like, well, like some of my team has changed throughout the years. They're like, well, we want to really just get paid. I said, there's going to be high months and slow months. Right. I said, and you have to adapt As to it. As with anything, correct. You know, so if you're spending your money on stuff that you don't need, then that's on you. That's a personal budget that you need to work on. I said, but... As a company, we have to always stay consistent mm-hmm. because if we don't have new content and we're recycling, then we're not growing. So no matter if we're getting paid or not paid, we got to just keep on moving forward. Right. And that is the key thing. But it's, it, it's hard for people to understand that because they want quick results. So therefore, and nothing against people that work at eight to five. Because, no, no, because they're that's necessary. Great, you know? 100%, yes, they are. Yes. And, and like going back to school and college. Hey, I think it's a phenomenal thing and experience when you get well educated on so many different diverse uh, uh, things when it comes to college. But is it for everyone? No, I don't have a college degree, but I had to continue to move forward and be consistent with what I do, regardless if it's marketing or advertising or promotion. Mm-hmm. I always, I would never tell someone what to do if I didn't do it for myself. Right. So, and you've been into a couple of my events a long time ago. I had a small brunch event. Oh, at yeah, Susie. absolutely. So, and you were there. We had 100 people over there. And that was an idea that I had, you know, then. Now, granted, consistency from there to now, now I have one of the largest or the largest brunch festival in San Antonio. Right. So, it's just consistency, you know? And now, let me ask, the idea behind consistency, because, and I'll use Simon Sinek's example, when you go to the gym the first day, you don't see results, mm-hmm. second day, third day, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But over time, you then start to see those results. Mm -hmm. In your case, your results did not happen overnight. No. What kept you consistent? What was the thing, the motivating factor that kept you doing what you knew needed to be done to get whatever results, but still hadn't reached the results yet? And then obviously one of them, boom, there's the results, guys. Told you. We just needed to be consistent. So now you're able to apply it to everything else. But what was that kept you, you going? You know, having faith in yourself, believing in yourself, okay. understanding that that a no means next opportunity and not just no, and understanding that you as an individual have what it takes to overcome and just knowing that 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 you you can make a difference in your life. Like we hear, and, I, and I'm not sure if most people do this or not, but I like reading about other people's success. Absolutely. You know, and if you start reading their success, you'll start seeing 
patterns mm-hmm. that, that, that involve inconsistency and discipline, structure, time management, and all that. And knowing that, that being broke is just not fun, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, being broke sucks. And, and anyone that tells you, you know, money's not everything, it, it helps. You ever money. seen a sad person you know, on a jet ski? Yeah, see, yeah, or on a see, dolphin, or see, any of those things yeah, that cost money? Yeah, and and and, <laughs> and so I and again I, I never chase money because I just don't. Money will come if you have good intentions and you're just working mm-hmm. working good and hard. But for me, it was just self belief and understanding that when I was able to have these opportunities and I was able to open doors for other people mm-hmm. and give them that light and give them that you know inspiration or hopefully motivate them to show them like, hey. Uh, don't make any excuses because I've been there, done it in a way, you know, again, leaving the house at 17, no college degree, uh, no investors, uh, no, uh, no, no, uh, or in and out of jail, two felonies, like learning disability, Odd like, stacked like, like, up like, against yeah, you. like everything that you can think of, but it's also, you know, what motivates me to inspire me to want to be living proof of, you know, adversity, you make changes in your life you know absolutely and i i do want to give another shout out to uh, my one of my first investors years ago when i was actually in my early 20s to help me out to get my first party bus was rick sanchez okay so no way he, he was uh one of uh, uh the the many guys that that rick that owns the funeral homes uh-huh. rick, no way sanchez, our world yeah. just collided mm-hmm. that's yeah, cool rick, rick sanchez you know uh, i met him uh, through John, because John knew someone he knew, and we went to a, a house party of his, and him and I just clicked. Shout and, out, and, Ricardo. And That's awesome. Yeah, Rick uh, was telling me, he's like, guess who owns this house, this house, this house, and he was like, kind of like giving me the rundown, and he told me his his background, and I was like, man, and then John was telling them, like, hey, if you ever want to go out, this is the guy that you need to plug into and stuff like that, so Rick started, you know, reaching out to me when he had, you know, family uh, events, to, yeah. and, 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 and Party buses, stuff like that. Absolutely. Events, and he, I was booking party buses. And I remember one time, he tells me, he says, "Hey, do you own this bus?" I said, "No." He goes, "Well, actually, backtrack before I say that." Okay. He wanted me to give him a tour around city for different venues, and mind you, I never did that at first. But then he approached me, "I will pay you to take me to hotspots, right, with my clients." And then that right there made me think about how to really run my business with the all access promotions entertainment, because now I was giving a true VIP concierge service. Wow. So it, him telling me that actually helped me again, uh, grow the company in different, uh, way to where I can be someone to where people was connected to different things. Very so cool. when I was in the bus with him, multiple times he finally asked me if i owned the bus i said no he said would you like to own the bus i said yes but i thought he was just full of it and then the next day he calls me and 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 long story short he tells me like hey come to my office i go to his office when i was driving i had one of the guys that i was booking the party bus with uh, he offered me the, to buy it and then i go to rick and tell him like hey this bus here's is the actually, details yeah yeah all the, the the logistics i tell him like hey here's uh this i just got this text I look and he's looking at it and he's like, man, he's like, that's a good bus. Nice. Uh, it was like 17 something, uh, 17,500, I believe, or 18,000. And Rick, you know, tells me right then and there, he's like, okay, hold on, writes me a check, basically like, hey, let's go in business. And this is the first time I failed in life. 
So I get my opportunity to own a bus at an early age. I used it for the wrong reason. Sure, you know? sure. And, and 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 granted, you know, I was a promoter. I was drinking, doing drugs, taking out for pleasure, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. And and not really looking at the business side of it. And we were making a little bit of money. And I was also giving it to other promoters to to uh, have them to have it so that they can help get bookings and stuff sure, like that. Sure, sure. And I realized that it was just not, I wasn't doing the right thing. And then Rick told me like, hey, look, man, you already had this for four or six months. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and sell it. Like, no more. Right. But it was my first experience owning something, learning it. And then fast forward, you know, 10 years later, I own my own party buses and limos and stuff like that. And now I understand what he was coming from. And I still have a great relationship. Still talk to him. I consider him as one of my mentors. Uh, throughout the years, and that's pretty it, cool. It was just uh, amazing. He's a great mentor to have. Oh, by he, the way, he is. He is. And, and, one and, of his best friends uh, is one of my tenured loan partners. Oh, really? Been with him for ten years. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, he. So I just learned a lot from him and stuff like that. So it, it was. It, it's a. It's an eye opener of of who you can really meet and who can have a huge impact in your life, as long as you have again good good intentions behind it. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. No. That's that's pretty freaking awesome uh, yeah. how things become full circle like that how are we doing on time we're good on time um so as we start to wrap this thing up um there's plenty of nuggets that we've taken from this thus far yes um but a couple of things that that actually stand out is <clears throat> when you were going through the risk of taking on the new bus or or going through the risk of um, leveraging funds you didn't have just yet. You had to fail in order to know what it's like to feel that in the business aspect, mm-hmm. right? So back to what you were talking about, failure is kind of that one indicator that you're at least trying hard enough, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, it does. Um, Go ahead. It really is because you, when you start having a a team or a company, you have to realize you're not the only person that you're feeding. Mm-hmm. So you have to worry about your whole entire team first before you feed yourself. And there is, I mean, believe me, there's times where I was, you know, paying everyone else, having negative accounts. Right. And, you know, to me, I believe everyone should grow up in a way to where they don't have nothing because then they'll appreciate the, the value of a dollar. You know, growing up, pretty much paycheck to paycheck, you know, with my family moving from uh, uh, part different part of towns and going to different schools and stuff like that. I, I, I know how it is to struggle. Right. You know, I don't want to say that I was like, uh, uh, like really poor, 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 but you know, we're just over, you know, I, I always tell people sometimes when you have a job, that means just over broke in a way. And, and for us as kids, that was the case because the, we're living paycheck to paycheck. Right. But I knew how to struggle. I knew like how to eat, you know, body meat, bread, yeah. you know, ramen noodles, tuna, like TV. There, I, I knew how to adjust to that. So when I was failing and, and, and writing checks to everyone and paying myself lease, I realized that, that the consistency has to be there. Like you have to understand that, that if you don't make it work, then it's never going to work. Right. And, and being able to, have the right people around you and learning from them too, you know? So I do believe in that saying, you are who you hang out with, 
And and I agree. I was just talking to someone about that yesterday. It's true because if you hang out with a bunch of successful people, then you're going to be successful. If you take their patterns and you take their traits and stuff like that and you incorporate it into your lifestyle. You live with a bunch of people that are partiers and and you got to remember, I I live in both worlds. You know, I I see the day-to-day entrepreneur business professionals and I see the night goers, you know, I see all that. So I see both lifestyles. And the lifestyle in the nightlife, there's people that you may not be in the nightlife for 10 years, right? And then you go to the club and you still see they're still there. Joe Average, you know, Joe Blow, you know, still there partying and all that. And he hasn't changed because that's what they're accustomed to, you know? Right. They want to be in the scene. But, and that's the thing. Like for me, my sobriety has helped a lot uh, open new doors for me too, as well, because now I'm more focused and more driven. And when you have a family, you know, that depends on you and you have, and when I say family, it could mean, you know, your real family sure. or, or it can mean, you know, the, the, your team. The people that rely on you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, every aspect, it, it's just, it, it motivates you more to want to do it, you know, mm-hmm. and continue to do it and understanding that, that you're able to, to build these relationships with others and have opportunity, you know, open doors for other people. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer as collaboration. So like you having your podcast, a lot of people are like, would you go to someone else's? Like, yes, I've been asked to do a few other ones. And I always love collaborating because I don't believe in there's really the competition. Right. I mean, I get it. Yes, we compete and all that. But for me, I'd rather collaborate with people than have someone think that they're going against me because yeah. we have 1.5 million people in San Antonio people. You know what I mean? It's a lot. Like 1.5 million. There's a, there's and a, more coming. Yeah, there, there's there's a piece of pie for everybody. Yeah, like, for real. So even on the on the sense of like the marketing agency, mm-hmm. I white label for a lot of marketing agency here in town, and people don't even know it. They're like, they'll reach out to me, Mike Anthony. Do you have a this this is this? I'm like yes, and they're like, hey, can you go over here and represent us? Yeah, fine, no problem. I don't go brag about it. I'm no. like, hey, I'm over here. No, write me the check. We do the service. I'm good. Like all day, every absolutely, day, you know, absolutely. So, and that's the on their insurance in case something yeah, goes wrong. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and it goes even back to my limos and party buses. So I have limos and party buses, but I partner up with everyone in town. Right. So I have good relationships. So if I'm overbooked, I will reach out to them. They're my affiliate partners and be like, Hey, uh, Mark, one of his names is Mark as well. I say, Hey Mark, I have this run last night for, uh, the concert. I said, I need a, 24 passenger party bus uh, for this, this, this. All right, got you. He goes in. He doesn't go tell them, hey, this is X, Y, and Z company. He, they go in, represent me. It. That's right. And then that's it, and vice versa. And that's why we have relationships and people always contact me for stuff is because we build relationships. You mm-hmm. know, that's the whole goal is the consistency is, yes, moving forward and doing the work and all that, but it's also building the relationships with the right people and not being greedy. Right. You know, understanding like you can share. Absolutely. And my mom, God bless her soul, one of her best saying is sharing is caring. And it's really true. Uh, she taught us, you know, if you have a dollar and you need the dollar, go get that dollar to that somebody. That Absolutely. It. If you have a Snickers bar and, you know, your brothers and sisters uh, need to eat, you divide that Snickers bars in, and give them to them and before you eat yourself. So sharing is caring is always a big thing to me as well. I I would agree on that aspect. Um, so as we wrap this up, yeah. is, there, is there anything that you would like to let our listeners know in way of advice on how to stay consistent on how to um, leverage themselves to it, doing that on the road to success. Truly be okay to fail. Be okay to rearrange your, your, 
projects, you know, or, or, or your goals. It's okay. You know, for example, um, for me personally, I started a talk with Mike Anthony and then I stopped and then I'm going to relaunch it, but I stopped and I'm not down on it. I'm like, Oh my no. gosh, I fell. No, you just got again to understand prioritize, prioritize your time and understand what really is, is a priority in you and, and be okay with it. You know, be right. okay with, with like, Hey, I was working on this, but then I stopped. Mm -hmm. You could always come back to it. Right. You know, like, like it's not going to not be there and, and, and team up with people. You know, if you could team up with people that have the same vision with you you do it because a team will make you win faster than you doing by yourself. I know there's a lot of people out there that want to do it on their own. Like I know it on my own, do it on my own. Like, no, learn, yeah, learn and be okay with learning. And again, just, you know, fail forward and, and be consistent on the aspect of, of getting up and doing the work, you mm -hmm. know, and, and don't be afraid of your vision at all. Don't be afraid of your vision. Don't be afraid of asking for help. Don't be afraid of just networking and building relationships and always trust in God. Like, and I'm not trying to be cliche. I'm not trying to get religion on anybody, but I put my trust in him and he's helped me a lot. And my sobriety has helped a lot. And, you know, just having real people that give you real advice you know, and that they're not sugarcoating anything or just telling you, yes, 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 no, but really being real with you. Yeah. That, that's a big key thing in life. Man, that's powerful. So as we close this thing out, there's a couple of uh, key factors that I took away from this. Um, and the one that stands out the most to me is the power of consistency. And you don't have to necessarily have consistency on a daily basis. It can also be applied to our bigger goals. And what I mean by that is you should not change the goal. You may have to change the method in which you get there. Mm -hmm. um, I think that another key factor to this has a lot to do with a spectrum of experience. And what I mean by that is it's tough to know what true happiness is if you've never been down the lowest you can be. You will never know what true success is until you learn what true failure is. Um, and in those, at the end of the day, consistency will win over anything. Uh, it goes back to the story of the tortoise and the hare. Who ended up winning the race, guys? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's at, at its finest, the most layman term you can get with that concept. Um, <laughs> I, I really appreciate you joining me on today nah, and I being it, so man. transparent, really. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of folks out there that relate more than we even imagine, maybe going through this same kind of things that you already have that just needed to hear this mm -hmm. to keep on moving forward. No, um, consistency does not mean perfect. I think that is the most important thing is consistency does not mean it's okay perfect. okay not to be okay. It's yeah. okay not to be perfect. It really is. So that being said, guys, make sure to fail forward um, and we'll see you on the next one.